Hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. My name is Kadisha Ali Coleman. I really um, am excited about you joining us today for our another um, speaker in our series for our inaugural virtual teaching. Um, this speaker today is someone who I have had the pleasure of having a friendship with now for oh my goodness, it has to be at least ten years. Yeah, at least ten years. We actually met online. Um, We've been part of different online spaces. We're, we're in different states. She's in Boston. I'm in um, Maryland. Um, but we've really maintained. I, I find. I feel. I can say she's probably one of my favorite um, connections that I've met online, and definitely one of the longest lasting. And we actually came together around our children and talking about. Um, you know, I think she reached out to me and asked me about. Um, independent schools that were in the area and we started talking about that because I actually went to um, a pan-african independent school as a child um, and we just started sharing stuff and so there was a period of time that we homeschooled at the same time <laughs> but um, our children start you know our, both of our children have done both homeschooling and public a traditional school setting whether it's public or private school so i she definitely had to be part of this um and she's always so amenable whenever I, i'm reaching out to her for some i'm always bothering her because she's an amazing writer as well and so um that's also a lot of our communication we've collaborated artistically um in different ways and so without further ado I'm gonna allow her to tell you her I'm gonna allow her to tell you her name and a little bit about her homeschooling journey um, and then move into the question that she's gonna answer that's related to our teaching so okay <laughs> hi I'm Tashana Chinyelu um, I'm a mother of a 16 year old boy um, I started homeschooling him in um, what would have been his fourth grade school year? Um, oh, okay, let me start back. Um, we lived, we moved, when we, we moved to this city, this town called Brookline, and that's where he started um, elementary school at. And um, Brookline has a reputation as like a really good public school environment, education, and all of that. And and it's kind of sought after. But me, I didn't want, I didn't want to um, uh, go there. So when we moved to Brookline and, and he started school there, that's when I started researching homeschooling because I didn't want him to be educated by um, the liberal racists here in Boston, in Brookline. So um, he started and then um, one of his teachers suggested that he go see a psychiatrist because um, he had shared some family information about his dad, which alarmed her, I guess, and that's what she decided, that's what she figured would be the solution. <laughs> so I said no, because he was just like six or seven at that point, and I was like, that's just crazy. And she was like, well, my son goes, and I was like, that's, I didn't say verbalize this, but I'm like, that's scary. You know, and then um, towards the end of the school year, that first year, he, his teacher or somebody overheard him talking to another kid, and he said, my mom spanks me. And that triggered a, DCF, a DCFS um, investigation. So I, I pulled him out of that school, 
And then it was this whole situation. They're like, are you going to send him to another Brooklyn school? And I was like, oh, I guess so. So he went to another one. And that one, it was like, it was a little bit more, like Brooklyn is kind of, it's, in, it's surrounded by Boston on three sides, but it's a town and it's a little bit urban and it's a little bit suburban. So the first school was more suburban and the second school was a little bit more urban. And I don't mean as a metaphor for black people because they're not really there in Brooklyn. So, um, uh, yeah. And the, um, okay. Mid midway through the first um, half of the school year, I went to pick them up from school. This was near winter. And they have a program where they offer kids coats. And I was like, and I walked up to see him and his teacher's holding a coat. And if you know me, I might not say anything to you, but my face speaks to me. And I saw the coat and I saw him and my face immediately changed. And she, and I was like, we don't want that. And she was like, well, it came from the guidance counselor. And I was like, okay, you have to go talk to the guidance counselor to get to say no to the coat. So I go talk to the guidance counselor and I tell her, Unless I directly ask you, don't offer something to my child, and don't do it in front of the in the classroom in front of all the other students, you know. And I was like, so that was that. And then um, he went on. He had problems um, reading. A seven-year-old had problems reading, so they tried to put him in special ed, and I said, no, just give it time. He's only seven. He'll learn how to read, you know. And eventually he did. By the time we left um, school there, he was nine and he was reading above his grade level. So, um, so they did something good, but it was just, it was like the, the race thing won, but then in the whole class thing, because Brooklyn is very wealthy, it's very, very wealthy. I mean, they have mansions and stuff. So that was it. And like I said, I never wanted to live in Brooklyn in the first place. It was like, that was the only place that accepted Section 8 in the whole greater Boston area. So I was like, okay. So we moved and then, um, and then I was like, we're going to move to Cambridge because this is just ridiculous, you know. I mean, he would come home crying, saying he's so dumb. One time um, we had like a situation where another kid, an Asian kid, told my child that his skin looked like poop. And I was like, you know, and they were trying to explain that this kid was just a kid and he didn't understand. But I'm like, he could pick something else. He could pick chocolate. He could pick earth. He could pick something positive about brown brownness. But he picked poop. That's a choice, you know. Even though he's a little kid, that's still a choice, you know. So I was like, we, we need to move. So we moved to Cambridge and I was like, okay. Well, Cambridge is like has a reputation as a kind of... Um, what would be the word? I don't want to say revolution. Counterculture. It's a counterculture type of town that still has that vibe somewhat from the 60s. So I figured it might be a little bit better, like might be a little bit freer, because I remember when I lived here in the 80s in Cambridge, it was it had a good vibe. So I figured that might be a little bit better, but I was wrong. You know, um oh, one thing I also want to say about Brooklyn because this situation still disturbs me to this day. There was another um, black kid who was a classmate of Sankara's, and him and Sankara got really close. I mean, to the point that even now, even though they haven't seen each other in years, Sankara still remembers him. 
They took this little kid out of the classroom, made some kind of um, prison cell, for lack of a wet word, in the hallway that locked from the outside so he couldn't get out. And they kept him in there all day, you know, and I became friends with his mother. And I'm like, and she's telling me horror stories about how they put him in a psychiatric um, hospital and they did all this. And I'm like, why would you put up with this? And she's like, Brookline schools, the reputation and all of this. And I'm like, sis, the damage you're doing to your child by allowing them to do this to him, you know? And it's like, no, you know? And um, can, so I, that was can I just ask the question? When you said they put him in psychiatric hospital, this was after the whole... Um, I think it was before. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, in order for him to come back to school, he had to be separated from the other students, and this is how they figured out how to do it. Wow. You know? So, and, event, and um, after, we, after I pulled him out of the first school, um, that's when she stopped talking to me and she stopped allowing Sam to talk to the boy. But, you know, it's just like, that was part of the reason also why I moved. Because I was like, if I don't, who knows how Sin Cara would end up when he's, you know, end up with all kinds of neuroses. So we moved and Cambridge is a little bit, a little bit better because there's more people of color. There's some anti-colonial sentiment out there in the city. So it's a little tiny bit easier but it's still not it's still massachusetts so um okay first third grade i did not like his teacher she was like one of those liberal racist women white white women and um yeah but i put up with it because i was like okay this is fine um fourth grade i liked his teacher a lot better she was trained she not she wasn't trained she grew up as a Montessori student. And when I walked into the room and I met her, I just felt a good vibe. So I was like, even though she was white, I figured, okay, I can leave my child safely with her. And she was cool, you know. But then at the end of fourth grade, his third grade teacher called me. I remember I was telling you this, his third grade teacher called me to try to get him um, in what they call an IEP. And um, I was like, and I was asking, I was like, isn't that tracking? And she was like, she's just hemmed and hard and no, it's not really, but kind of sort of. And I was like, and then she finally admitted that you can, um, as a parent, you have the authority to say yes or no. And if you say no, it's no. So I said, no. You know, then the principal called me because um, it's also the class thing. And I guess she wanted to figure out if I had something she could use class-wise, you know, like if I was, a Harvard graduate or I went to MIT and she was trying to pick my brains and find out how, you know, and I was like, no, I'm just, you know, I don't have a college degree. I'm just intelligent, you know, and, um, and that, and then, so after, I think it was, yeah, it was fifth through eighth grade that I homeschooled him. So after fourth grade, I was like, that's enough. Let's just, let's just chill and, figure it out and do it and we started homeschooling. It was it was hard at first because I was trying to um, mimic the traditional model where you have subject, 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 subject. And it wasn't working for me and it wasn't working for him. It was stressing me out. 
because he was he wasn't receptive, and I was like, so then we discovered about unschooling, and that's when we started doing unschooling, and I let him pretty much design his own curriculum, even though it was very loose, it wasn't structured at all, and um, and then we went like that for three years, and then that would would have been his the. Winter of his eighth grade, he said he wanted so the winter vacation. He said he wanted to go back to school. I was like, "Are you sure?" And he was like, "Yeah," because it's very in Boston. As a black parent, it's very isolating because a lot of black people here do not homeschool because the schools, even though the schools are very problematic, they still have a reputation as being good. Good. So um, and, and, yeah. and during that period where you were homeschooling. You, I, I, I recall like you were engaged in, in starting a lot of things or doing things in particular, you migrated a popular you, you who, Yahoo um, homeschooling group to Facebook. Can you tell a little bit about that and, and what motivated um, you to do that? Well, one of the things is, is that uh, a lot of the homeschool group is called African American Single Parent Homeschooling. And I really, I liked that idea, even though I didn't create the group. I liked that idea because a lot of times when you deal with homeschooling, it's married couples and they have resources and they have circles and it's very, you know, it's very, um, what's that word? Nuclear family-ish. So the idea of single parents really um, resonated with me and I joined the Yahoo group um, but it wasn't very active and it wasn't very dynamic so um, so I would pay attention even though I was a moderator I wouldn't really give it too much energy and then and then I got on Facebook and I was like let me transfer the group over to Facebook so we did that and it seems like it's much more better now uh, I'm no longer a moderator um, I had turned it over to Phyllis, I think, and then she turned it over to somebody else, a sister named Phyllis, and now it's what it is. But it's much better than on Yahoo. So that, I, I would say that, um, you know, you're very modest and, you know, I, I transitioned, but when you were active with it, because you invited me to be part of that group and you were always sharing, even now, um, that Sankara has transitioned. I want you to talk about what that has been for you, that transition of him back to school, but you still share and you still interact. And, you know, when you come across something, you still will share it with the group, even though that's not where you are right now. And I get the sense that, you know, once a homeschooling parent, always a homeschooling parent, even if, you know, the situation may look a bit different, the child may have returned to a traditional schooling um, situation. So can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I know that, you know, I, I love your child. I think he's one of, he's a brilliant black boy um, and definitely a science-minded person. Um, I, can, can you talk about that transition from homeschooling to a traditional setting, what are some of those things that were kind of um, grown during homeschooling that you still see um, influencing how he is as a as a student in a traditional setting? Okay. Um, well, um, Sankara, since he was like a toddler, 
has always been like a problem solver and he still has that ability. Um, he, he, um, he's looked at with among his friends, I think he's looked at as a kind of informal leader in that he has smart advice to offer them. And he's not like just running the mill, running around, I want to be in a gang or I want to whatever, you know, and, um, and there's that. But I do have to say that my method of parenting is like, I want to raise a, a free thinker. So he free thought his way into going back to school, which I don't agree with and don't like, but it's, it's not my life, you know? So um, that and, um, did, I, did I answer your question? I think, um, didn't he have a, a certain argument as to why he needed to go back to school because of the curriculum? Was it, it was geared, because isn't he doing math and uh, um, a certain, like, robotics? I feel like that was what you, you shared, that it was an argument as to why this school in particular. Right. Um, they had, he wanted... It was mainly the social thing, I think, because he felt very isolated. Because as I said, there's not a lot, of, not a lot of other black families homeschooling, and if they do, it's more like a private, their family thing. It's not really into cooperative. Um, and I think he felt really isolated and alone, and wanted friends. I think that was a big, big thing. He wanted friends. So, so having this experience inside a, a, a public school system, and now, and and homeschooling for a while and now he transitions back as you look back and especially now with you really being resistant to this but being respectful of this being his choice but looking back on your homeschooling experience what is something that you you feel that homeschooling black families need most in order to be successful um to as homeschooling families um, community, cooperatives, things of that nature. We need more um, um, social, the social aspect. We need to connect more. I think that would be number one. And it sounds like you don't mean just for the children, definitely for the children, but also you, did, you talk a lot about how he was isolated. Did you feel isolated as well, even you know, with your digital community? What do you see a, a homeschooling cooperative in real life time would have been helpful for you as a support? I think it definitely would. It definitely would have helped. But the thing is, is that um, Boston itself as a city is pretty isolating anyway for me, you know, and, um, and I think it would have helped, but I don't think it would have been uh, a solution for me because I really don't like it. <laughs> you said, I didn't hear you, you really don't like it. I said, because I really don't like it here. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, it's, you know, it's, I think. It's so interesting because um, with the few people that, um, that I've interviewed already, it's a few who have lived in, um, at some point, um, predominantly white environments. Mm -hmm. um, and spoken to how that has impacted their homeschooling experience, and by far, um, the that makes a that makes a difference in terms of just 
if it's just the child being able to go outside and play and interact with children um, that are like, that have some type of, and I, you know, it's not even always about they're black like me, but just have some type of shared uh, experience. And, right. and so um, I find, I feel that that's very interesting in how, how it impacts the success of our homeschooling journey. Would you say that even if, would you say that your homeschooling journey, even though it was brief, do you, do you look at it as being a success? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because one of the reasons, part of the reason I also did that was um, because I wanted my child to know his own mind and be familiar with himself and his thought process and be confident with that before the outside world says you're nothing but whatever they think you are. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to have that and I feel like i I succeeded with that, you know. And yeah. it, sound, it sounds like there clearly is a before and after with your experiences that you spoke of, of them trying to track him, to pigeonhole him in this IEP, um, to, you know, stereotyping him as being in need and giving him unsolicited gifts, um, to classmates telling him negative things about um characteristics about what he looks like and who he is moving from that those experiences to the child that i know of now <laughs> who's like <laughs> that what like right. what? you know i definitely would agree with you that homeschooling has definitely been been a success and i'm sure you have seen that this child is his mama's child definitely oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i i feel like even as you speak of, of him struggling with this trans of accepting this transition school wise. I think that speaks a lot too, because he expects more from, right. from what he's learning. So he has this high expectation that if I, if you're my teacher, then you should be, it should be a higher caliber of learning. Um, right. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I find, I, I think that you actually, have an experience that folks want to hear, particularly parents who, um, you know, both of us, when we're in the Facebook groups and we see um, other parents post, I, I've seen a couple of times of parents just frantic because they feel like it's not working or the child is saying, I want to go back to school and deeming that as a, a failure because that they are immediately personalizing it that if the child wants to go back to school, then something must be wrong with me. But right. I, I really appreciate your whole um, mindset around this is his choice. My goal with homeschooling was for him to be have his own mind and to be right. self, you know, self-guided. So if this is something that he's saying he wants, then that's his decision. And I think that that's really that's a higher level of thinking that it's not common when we think of our role as parents. A lot of people don't hold that because he's still a child. He's, right. you know, he's, still, he's still under your care. And to give him that level of um, uh, ability to direct his own life as a high school student, you know, a lot of parents aren't willing to, to go that route. Do you have, an, I, another speaker that I interviewed um, said that, was saying that our goal should not be for our children to live out our dreams for them. And it sounds like you're actualizing that, that 
you have you want him your goal is for him to have his own goals for him to have right. his own mind are there any things that um he was really into and that you were helping him kind of facilitate when you were homeschooling that you still see him trying to do or engaged in or interested in while he's in a traditional school setting um like computer stuff um um fixing stuff like he fixed um the xbox my xbox was just broken i don't know what he did but he fixed it and now it's working and building things you know he's um two summers ago he had a summer job and he used his um money his paycheck to get himself a bike and he's been working on that bike and upgrading it and things like that so yeah definitely oh wow it hasn't all he hasn't lost it yet. That's awesome. <laughs> so much, uh, for just sharing, allow me to ask uh, more than the one question I said I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, but I, I really appreciate you sharing with the audience that there is um, there is life after homeschooling. That there um, that the child may sometimes want to go back to a traditional uh, school setting, and that by no means means that the homeschooling experience was a failure. In fact, um, that in some, in many ways, strengthens the experience that they're gonna have when they return to a traditional traditional school setting. So thank you so much, Shoshana. I appreciate you immensely. And for those who are watching today, um, I really encourage you to jump into the conversations that we're gonna have on Friday regarding the three guiding questions um, that we are asking our speakers during this teaching. So just as a reminder, our teaching takes place this week from Friday, July 20th to, um, excuse me, Monday, July 20th to Friday, July 24th. From the 20th to the 23rd, we're sharing with you different interviews with our, uh, our speakers, our various speakers, and as well as other resources regarding homeschooling. And then on Friday, we will be meeting virtually and have breakout groups where we will discuss uh, many of the topics that our speakers have brought, brought up during the course of the week. Thank you so much for joining us. For more information on Black Family Home Educators and Scholars, please visit us at blackfamilyhomeschool.org. Thank you.